Welcome to the Simply Christ podcast, your podcast dedicated to making Jesus your spiritual master, as well as exploring and experiencing the spiritual realm. My name is Mark Shepard. Make sure to subscribe and share these podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. There you will find audiobooks for spiritual growth. Also, we are working on a series of lessons for the Book of John or John's Gospel account. Check these out. We will also be discussing some of the same concepts that you find here in this podcast, but they are not going to be uh, ripped and cut from the YouTube channel and put into the podcast. In other words, they're going to be standalones. I'm not into taking what you have on YouTube, copying it, and just putting it into a podcast. So make sure you check that out as well. That's very important. I think you're going to find some very good free audiobooks there. Many of them are from the Sadhu Sundar Singh. If you are not familiar with him, you need to get to be familiar with him. He was a former Sikh who became a Christian in the early 1900s. He had some incredible experiences with the Spirit in uh, India and just amazing things that had happened in his relationship with God. Two of his favorite or his most famous books, rather my favorite books, are At the Master's Feet and Visions of the Spiritual World. Make sure to check those out, and we're going to be adding more as we go along. Also, make sure to check out the website, simplychrist.org. That's simplychrist.org. Let's jump into it right now, our last episode. And by the way, this is our second episode, our second podcast we put together. So we've just started. And again, if you've not subscribed, make sure to subscribe. But check out last week's episode. We are talking these first subjects that we're looking at is titled or are titled, What is Christianity? And I put Christianity in quotes because so many times we look at Christianity as a religion and not as what it really is, a spiritual a spiritual way, a spiritual path, a spiritual way of living. But we're going to be continuing on our discussion about what is Christianity. Last week, we just kind of in a nutshell, we discussed... Uh, what Christianity or what was termed Christianity, what it really is. Many of it think of a of it as a religion like maybe Buddhism or Hinduism. And I, I yes, I know some people say that Buddhism is not a religion but a philosophy. We can talk about that some other time. But we also talked about how many people think that Christianity is kind of a two thousand year old quote religion, end quote. It's not. It's really a continuation of the Old Testament, where Jesus is the flower that blooms, that shows really what God has been doing since the beginning of time. It's, it's, the, it's the revelation of who Jesus is. In fact, if you go look at the book of Revelation, uh, you'll see one of the first verses there is that the revelation of Jesus Christ, and many people think that the book of Revelation is really not about end times. It's really more about revealing who Jesus is. And the book of Hebrews shows about that. Anyways, go back and listen to that podcast. We'll talk about these in more depth, future podcasts. But today I want to continue the discussion. And when we discuss what Christianity is, and in all of our podcasts, I want us to think about this in terms of like a big jigsaw puzzle. Think about 
a trillion piece jigsaw puzzle or an infinite piece jigsaw puzzle because the spiritual realm is infinite. It's larger than the universe itself. It's it's massive. It's not even measurable. And really, that's what we're invited to partake in. So think of this as a big jigsaw puzzle. And what we are doing with these podcasts and what you should be doing in your life, not just with these podcasts, but in your spiritual life, think about putting together the pieces as you would a jigsaw puzzle. You start off with different areas. Many people start off on one area, but I want us to look at it as starting off with the frame. When I put together a puzzle, I will start off with pieces of the frame. I will look at areas that have the straight edges and the corners and start putting these pieces together that develop this framework. And again, don't stretch the analogy too far. I know that you can, but I think you know what I mean by this. If we start off with a framework, we will be able to start getting a general picture as to maybe what this is. And it takes a lifetime to even get just a couple of pieces really into the framework. But at least this is how I want us to start thinking about it. And then we're going to start filling it up as we go. And I will tell you that as we go through these, there's going to be times in which we may have to go back and rearrange that framework. Many times, many Christian teachers, many pastors or ministers have a tendency to think that, okay, this is it. They've got it and they know what this is and it's exactly what it is and they're not going to change their mind on anything. And while we need to have a foundational principle and foundational truth, that is for sure, we also need to make sure that we are not so prideful that we will not are not willing to change some of our beliefs when we come into new knowledge or as the spirit is directing us to change that's part of life and another thing is don't be afraid to make a mistake we're going to make mistakes now if you're one of those people who and i used to be like this and i still struggle with it at times is this idea that if I make a mistake with maybe a theological or a doctrinal or some type of belief that I have, that if I make a mistake in something, well, God is just going to be waiting for me on Judgment Day, and he's going to line me up, and he's going to throw me into hell for having a wrong belief system. If that's the case, we're all doomed, because there's nobody out there that has 100% understanding of everything that is in any of the scriptures. We're all wrong about something. So I remember one time I was struggling with that, and I was meditating upon that, asking God, telling me, you know, or looking for his, his counsel, his guidance. And I remember God saying, you seem to be more afraid of making a mistake than what I am of you making a mistake. You know, that really stood out. And it wasn't my thinking. It was there. It came out. And if you are, uh, if you've been following the Spirit and listening to the Spirit for a long time in your life and are much more advanced than what I am, then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about and can describe it even more better, even better, rather, more better, better than what I can. If you're just starting off and you're frustrated with, you know, what you've been taught and it just doesn't seem to make sense, don't be afraid if you make a mistake on something. It's all right if we have the right type of mind and we have the right type of heart. The Spirit will lead us into truth. So don't be frustrated. And, it, and it's so easy to be frustrated in today's world. There's just seems such a, a lack of spiritual development in many 
organizations and, and, and structures and church structures. And I don't want to turn this into a bashing of any church or denomination, but we can't ignore the, the big elephant in the room. And that is, is that we have too many people who are not teaching spiritual development. Instead, we're teaching maybe a religion or what's even just as bad is we're, we're dealing more with a, with a feeling and we're always looking more of what we feel is right. So what I've experienced and what I've talked to countless many people who say they've gone to a church or to some type of a worship service, and all they come back with is it was kind of a concert with an emotional high, and that's it. Now, there's nothing wrong with them in with those in themselves, but if that's all there is, we're not following what Christ is teaching. We're coming in for just some type of experience of feeling good, and then when we leave, we're devoid of the spirit. It's an emotional high. It's an emotional fix. But at the same time, we don't want to turn something into just a bunch of knowledge and a bunch of facts or a bunch of practices that we do. This is not what this is. This is all about something big and different. And unfortunately, many people are leaving groups, they're leaving churches, and they're following other religions. They're turning into to Buddhism or to New Age, Hinduism, or any kind of ism or other type of belief systems that we can, you can imagine many Christians are turning away from that, in the, especially in the West. But I don't want to get into that, but I do think I need to bring it up here. So we need to understand what Christianity really is. So let's kick it off with three things that I think is very important for us to remember about what Christianity is and what we say it is. The first one we need to understand, or one of the big ones we need to understand in this episode, is that Jesus Christ was God, or is God, but he promised us a spirit. Now, this is, this is very interesting, and he promised us a spirit really from the very beginning of his ministry. We're going to go to the book of John, in John chapter 3, verse 5, and I'm going to be reading from the Aramaic scriptures. And much of what the New Testament, there's always been a debate as to whether it was written in Greek, whether it was written in Hebrew, whether or, or Aramaic, which was the common tongue at that time. I don't want to get into a discussion about all that. That's not what's really important. But what is important here is that Jesus promised us a spirit. So in John chapter 3, verse 5, and again, some of these words I'm reading here are going to be, uh, they're going to be in the Aramaic words, but I'm going to read it fully here. So it says, John chapter 3, verse 5, and issue or Yeshua answered and said unto him, and this is Nicodemus. Remember when Nicodemus goes in and asks Jesus and says, hey, we, we, you're a great teacher. What, what's going on here? You're bringing us something that We've never really heard before. And Jesus said to him, he said, truly, truly, I say to you that if a Nash or a man isn't born from the Maya or the water and the Ruka or the spirit, it isn't possible that he may enter unto the kingdom of God. And what they call in Aramaic was Makutha Dalalatha. Okay, now I'm butchering these names right now. I know there's probably some Aramaic people or Aramaic language experts who are going, what did you just say? But really what he's saying here is, he says, truly, I say unto you that if a man isn't born from the Maya or the water and the Ruka, the spirit, it isn't possible that he may enter into the kingdom of God. So he's saying you have to be born 
of the spirit. Now, we'll talk about the water part at a later time, but right now my focus is on the spiritual part of it, the spirit. So if we are not born with a spiritual mindset, if we're not willing to start looking at things in a spiritual way, we cannot enter into that kingdom of God. And what I mean, and it's so easy for a person to say, okay, they can't enter into the kingdom of God. So therefore, they're going to the place with the, the guy with the pointy tail and the red suit where it's really hot. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, and it, it's very important to for us to understand, is that we cannot enter into the spiritual kingdom. We can't see the spiritual riches. We can't understand the concepts of, of true peace. We can't understand true love. We can't understand true intimate spiritual relationship where we experience the spiritual realm and see the spiritual realm, see reality, and converse with God unless we are born of that spirit. We can't, we can't do that. It's impossible. Why? Because God is spirit. And like Jesus told the woman at the well, God is spirit, and he's seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So again, we can't enter into this kingdom, the spiritual kingdom, unless we have a spiritual viewpoint. So Christianity is understanding it and receiving the spirit that lives within us. It's promised. Jesus promises us a spirit. It's an experience. Part of it's an experience. There's so much into this. And I know people will say it's an experience. And and now what that experience is, is, oh, my goodness, we can talk about that forever. But again, at a later time. But it's the experience that we have with God as he connects with us and our spirits are together. Like he says in Romans, in the book of Romans, his spirit identifies with our spirit that we are his children. So. If we want to enter into the kingdom of God, and this is what Jesus does, Jesus arrives on the scene and he starts describing all these things in the Old Testament that pointed to this Holy Spirit. Okay, we'll hit that in a verse here in just a minute. One of the next verses in John chapter 8 that John that Jesus is talking with Nicodemus, he says, the wind, the place which it pleases blows and you hear the sound, but you do not know where it comes from and unto where it goes. Thus so is everyone who is born from the Ruka, or the Spirit. Okay, Ruka is just the Aramaic name for Spirit. That's all. They didn't speak King James English in Jesus' time. They didn't even speak English. This was the word for Spirit, Ruka. Again, the wind. Now listen to the verse. The wind, the place which it pleases blows. And you hear the sound, but you do not know where it comes and unto where it goes. Now listen to this next part. Thus so is everyone who is born from the Ruka or the Spirit. We're like that wind. We do not know where we're coming from or where it's taking us. We don't that can be unpacked into a series of a series of lessons here. But what Jesus the takeaway from this is this spiritual realm is a mysterious place. This spiritual realm is not restricted to memorizing book chapters and verses and to living a good Christian life and being moral, going to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and every time the doors are open, they're a good person, and that's it. Now, God is pleased with him. That's what we have been taught in Christianity for so long. 
We have been taught to live a moralistic lifestyle and believe in God and everything is fine. But that is so contrary to what Jesus is talking about. See, Jesus was saying, you can't follow the law. You can't live a moral life. You can't do that. But if you live a spiritual life, you will automatically start living a moral life. Have you ever struggled with the inability to, you know, maybe you're caught up in a habit, an addiction or something you can't get rid of? You try so hard. You're trying to be moral. You try to live moral. But each time you fail, we're going to continue failing. And if you continue to try to live like that, I promise you will keep failing until the day that you die. So how do I overcome it? I live by the Spirit. Now, we're going to be talking about moral living versus spiritual living in another episode. But again, let's continue on here. Again, in John chapter 16, verse 12, I'm throwing some verses out of here, again from the Aramaic Bible. Again, there is much I have to say unto you, but you are not able to grasp it now. The next verse says, but when the Ruka Dasharara, not know I mispronounced that, or the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all the Shrara or the truth. For he will not speak from his soul's mind, but rather all that he will hear, the one will speak, and he will make the future known unto you. That is packed with so much that it's unbelievable that if you open that up, it's just, it's like opening up a genie to where, you know, you can explore so many things. There's this relationship there with the Spirit that is incredible. Let me read that again. Again, there is much I have to say to you, but you are not able to grasp it now. So Jesus himself is telling his disciples, there is so much I want to tell you about this, but you're not able to grasp it yet. Why? Because their mind has been not dealt with a spirit. They've not been given the spirit. Remember, Jesus breathed his spirit on them before he, or after he resurrected and before he went into heaven. Then it says, Jesus then again told them, but the spirit of truth has come and he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak from his soul's mind, but rather all that he will hear, the one will speak and he will make the future known unto you. Now, what the future means in this is not the future of just things that are going to happen like in the year 2025, this will happen, or in the year 2030, this will happen. He's not talking so much about that, but the future meaning so much that can be unpacked in your life. He will make the future, he will make known to you the spiritual realm, the future, what's coming your way, your your spiritual life, the things that can be developed in your life, the experiences you can have with God in a way that's indescribable. If this is not anything new to you and you've experienced this in the past, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Imagine being able to go anywhere and into any situation and to have a spiritual mindset. Not a feel. There's one guy I listen to on YouTube, and he talks about some of the spirituality. He calls it woo-woo magical thinking, and he's right. A lot of people have this woo-woo magical thinking. If I take this certain element and spin it around three times, I will see what's going on on the planet. Whatever, but, but um, yeah, there's some crazy things out there. But not that kind of woo-woo magical thinking with tarot cards and all that. We're not talking about that kind of spiritual. We're talking about the spiritual in the kingdom of God, where reality is. Because the things that we see around us, those are real in and of themselves, but they're temporal. For instance, if you walk across the street and you don't look both ways and there's a car coming, 
the chances are you're going to get hit by a car. You're going to get hit by a car. Now, is that reality? Yes, it's reality. Is it temporal, though? Yes, it's temporal. And it's always changing. Things are always changing. But in the spiritual realm, things never change. They're the same. Now, they're infinite. And that's what's so crazy weird about it and so indescribable. It's infinite and never changing. The future is going to be known to you. Do you want to know your future? Your spiritual future lies in living the spiritual life, not sitting in a church building, getting knowledge, not listening even just to this podcast and getting knowledge. Number one, understanding that Jesus promised us a spirit. That's what Christianity is. It's a promise of a spirit. It's a promise of a spiritual life. And that's what he's promising us. Unfortunately, what we have done is we have taken it and we have manufactured so many other rituals, so many other things, and we said that this is what Christianity is. Number two, the early disciples lived with the spiritual mindset. In what is called the book of Acts, it's really a letter from Luke to a man called Theophilus. It's an actuality, the second letter from Luke to Theophilus, the first one being the gospel account of Luke. Luke describes what took place with the early disciples of the way. They're in the upper room. All people in that part of the world were coming to Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost. That was the day in the upper room where the Spirit filled them, and they started speaking, meaning Peter and the rest of the disciples started speaking in these different languages. Some were speaking maybe Aramaic, others were speaking Arabic, others were speaking Ethiopian, whatever it was the language of those people that were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. All the people started saying, you guys are drunk. And Peter says, no, we're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. But then he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it will happen in the last days, says Allah, which is God, Allah, that's different from Allah, Allah, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons will be prophesying, and your daughters, and your young men will be seeing visions, and your elders will be dreaming dreams. Think about that for just a moment. He's quoting the book of Joel. Remember we had said in the last episode that Christianity did not begin 2,000 years ago? Instead, Jesus came to cinch everything in the old and bring it in to fruition. He revealed it. So he cinches it. That's what Joel has been talking about. Everything had been prophesied. All the prophets and all Peter is doing is quoting the book of Joel, and he's telling them, why should you be surprised? All these things were foretold in the old writings, in the Torah, the prophets. All of them pointed to this Jesus. Why are you so surprised? But here's the thing that he talks about that's just as important and more important when it comes to discussing the spiritual mindset. And that is, it will happen in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, prophesying, young men seeing visions, Elders dreaming dreams. Think about this. Sons and daughters who are prophesying. Now, prophesying is often teaching or talking about the things of the spiritual world. And then young men seeing visions and elders dreaming dreams. Did you ever stop and think that those things continue today? Many denominations, many teachers say those things ended when what we call the Bible or a collection of letters came into being. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a minute because the Bible 
points to those things. The scriptures, that collection of scriptures, those collection of letters are teaching us to live in that way. So why would we want to get rid of those when that book is teaching us to live that way? We have to understand that God is wanting us to participate. He wants us to develop and live with the spiritual mindset. We will not live the spiritual life unless our mind is renewed into this type of thinking. So let's look at the third one now. We're called to be developed in the Spirit. Not only are we called to have the spiritual mindset— and that uh, Jesus promised us the Spirit, but all comes together is for us to be developed in the Spirit. In Second Timothy, it says in verse 7, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of admonition. That's part of the developing process. We, we don't have to live in fear. We don't live in any type of fear, but we live in what? In power, in love, in admonition. That's part of the development process. We're being admonished by the Spirit. The Spirit is leading us and telling us to do things and act in a certain way. But here's one in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. I know I'm going through these quite a bit. And again, we're going to be doing future podcasts on all these different types of, of verses. We're going to be reading this and listen, developing this all through these podcasts. So don't think that we're never going to come back to them. We are going to be coming back to these again. There's no doubt. But right now, all we're doing is just hitting the highlights as to describing what is Christianity. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, it says, The the God of our Lord Yeshua, the Anointed One, the Father of glory, might give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation through his knowledge. That is so deep. That is so deep because Paul is writing to the Ephesian collection or group of 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 saints, of followers, of disciples, members of the way. He's saying that he asked that the God of our Lord Yeshua, the anointed one, the Father, that the Father of glory might give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation through his knowledge. So where does this come from? If we want to be wise, it's not about book knowledge. It's about wisdom that comes from the Spirit. And wrapping it up here, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, this is, this is an amazing one. If there is a verse that's going to tell us to live by the Spirit, it would be this one. And I'm going to read Galatians 5, 16, 17, and 18. It says, Yet I say, be walking in the Ruka, or the Spirit, and the lusts of the flesh you will not ever perform. For the flesh desires the thing that is harmful to the ruka, or the spirit. And the ruka, the spirit, desires the thing that is harmful to the flesh. And the two are opposite of each other, so that you are not doing the thing which you are desiring. But if you are led by the ruka, the spirit, you are not under the law. We are called to live by the Spirit. If we want to walk away and leave the things of the flesh, we cannot live, or do it rather, through a moralistic lifestyle. We have to do it through a spiritual lifestyle because it's the Spirit, and walking in the Spirit is the only way that we can get rid of the lust of the flesh and not perform them. Taking away, let's wrap it up real quick. Understand what we are called in Christianity, what we call Christianity, is actually a call 
to live a life in the spiritual realm with God himself directing and speaking to us. That is an amazing concept, deep, deeper than anything we'll ever find anywhere else. Christianity is about living a spiritual life. Make sure to subscribe, share. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Also, you can follow us on YouTube. Thanks a lot. May God bless, and we'll see you on the next podcast.